Welcome to the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. All right, everyone, and welcome to the Mind for Life podcast, where we talk about how transforming your thinking can transform your life. We are so glad you are here with us. And right from the start, I want to say what a great show we have for you. We are honored to have a very special guest today with us. And before I introduce him, I want to remind you that if you're tuning in today, please click on that subscribe button and subscribe to this podcast. That helps us out a ton. And if you like what you're hearing here at Mind for Life, please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. Also, stick around at the end where I give my top takeaway from our interview today. All right. On today's podcast, we are honored to have with us R.L. Chance. He goes by Chance. Chance is a U.S. Navy veteran, a number one best-selling author, and an implementation strategist. He helps professionals and entrepreneurs to monetize their skills by leveraging their education, their expertise, and their experiences so they can make a lasting impact, so they can fund their dreams and sustain their mission, message, or cause. He is the author of the books, Prayers That Move Heaven, Transition to Civilian Life with Confidence, and most recently, Monetize Your Skills. Chance, it is a great pleasure to have you with us, man. Thanks so much for being on the Mind for Life podcast. Uh, We're glad to have you. Man, it's great to be here, Jeff. I really appreciate what you're doing, and thanks for the opportunity of sharing today. Yeah, so fill in a little bit more of what I left out in that bio. Okay, well, awesome. I mean, I really, I always like to make sure at least one thing is in there. I'm a U.S. Navy veteran. Yes. <laughs> I, I do feel treasured and honored by that because it, helped, it has helped uh, put me on a path of where I am today. But, um, you know, in addition to that, mainly I, I am married happily married to a lovely island girl from Puerto Rico. Yes. And uh, we have one son. His name is Joel. So he keeps us happily engaged. (laughs) Nice, nice. And uh, so, yeah, we've done a lot of humanitarian work. We've traveled to over 25 different countries, primarily in Southern Africa. Uh Uh, But we enjoy doing that as well. And so that is part of why we try to help other entrepreneurs to be able to leverage their skills. And so they can you know, fund their passion causes, because that's really uh, the thing that excites me. I feel good at night knowing that we've helped somebody and that we're trying to make a difference in this world. Excellent. Uh, So just uh, tell us a little bit right now uh, about your passion, a little bit more about uh, what you've got going on there with strategic strategic secrets, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I came from the the Caribbean. Many people might tell by my accent. And uh, I joined the military, the Navy. That was my ticket to a a good education because I didn't want to pay for college. Yeah. (laughs) And so it has done me well. But um, I learned a lot in the military. It gave me a lot of discipline, structure. And of course, you feel like you're doing something for a cause, a reason. But while I was in the military, I experienced a spiritual transformation, really, that tugged at my heart. 
And so I figured, okay, I want to serve, continue serving, but I want to do it more on an intrinsic level. So that's why we transitioned and we got into humanitarian work where I develop a passion now for being able to help humanity in different ways and form, especially the at-risk and neglected communities in the U.S. and overseas. So that, to me, it has given me life. Uh, like we said, when we lived in Alabama for seven years, for example, never got sick, never went to the doctor, none of those type of things, because I, I really felt like we were so happily engaged in what we were doing that nothing else in life seemed to pretty much, as it were, go wrong or was of such concern. Everything else paled in significance. Mm -hmm. So that has given me a lot of heart in whatever I transition to. I always remember that no matter what you were doing in life, you can have significance if you just try to find enough people to help them to get to their destination. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, listen, Chance, on our podcast, what we want to try to do, man, is get into your brain and to try to explore your thinking process. So kind of tell our audience, if you would, think about it. What has been the biggest key to success or happiness or fulfillment in your life? Let Kind of think about how you have come to that place. I would say um, at least two things, a strong faith and also the ability to implement. Uh -huh. When I say strong faith is many people, uh, we, we, we kind of believe, but to me, belief is demonstrated by action, right? Right. So if it doesn't, really, and that's why I believe you need some intrinsic, like, you know what I mean? Money is good. Those things are good. But until you find something that stirs your heart, your soul, the intrinsic motivation that is going to get you up regardless if you get paid or not, that right there is what helped build my strong faith. So like I said, the military formed that foundation because in the military we had these core values, right? And they always drove every decision we make. Honor, courage, commitment. Honor, courage, commitment. No matter what, have honor, courage, commitment. So that kind of fueled that type of way of living and, and making decisions. Is this an honorable thing? Even if I feel afraid, is this, can I muster up the courage to be able to go ahead and do it? Right. So having a strong faith and believing, knowing what I'm doing is right, and also it's making an impact in somebody's life. So that helped me during the, you know, down moments when, you know, we all go through struggles, we all go through moments where we may not feel driven or something like that. But going back to that core, why am I doing it? So to me, the strong faith gave me a reason to the why which now helps with motivation. So again, some people are motivated for a season and then they lose motivation. But to me, if the why is big enough, which to me I call it strong faith, it fuels the energy that you need to implement because that's where I really find most people is either you succeed or you don't. And to me, what separates the truly successful from those who kind of just mediocre or average or maybe every now and then they kind of hit their goals and, you know, but it's not consistent is the ability to implement. And that's why I changed even, I used to just say I'm a lifestyle coach. So I, I changed it to say, no, I'm an implementation strategist uh -huh. because most people fail on the heels of implementing. We know a lot of things, right? We take a lot of course. Online stuff is big. I have courses. People take the courses, but I notice people want doing the kind of things that we teach. And even though you spend money, I'm like, what's going on here? So I begin to realize, no, the problem is they're not implementing. And so we need now to help people implement. So if you implement with a strong faith or a strong why, 
man, the sky's the limit on the kind of success I believe that you can achieve. That's awesome. You, you talk about having a purpose that's bigger than yourself and then finding a way to take that purpose and implement it into some practical things in your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things you did talk about and mention there a little bit is uh, the fact that we all deal in our life with struggles, with failures, with obstacles. Uh, tell our audience, if you would, what was one of the biggest struggles or failures or obstacles in your life that you had to overcome? And, and what how did you come through that? In other words, what was the process that allowed you to come through that and come out on the other side? Okay, um, I would say my negative hangups and beliefs surrounding money. Um, I grew up in poverty in the Caribbean islands. Um, like we said, um, that's why, why my first opportunity to join the military was to really have the money to pay for school. And of course, some of your, I would say, even religious teaching on that type of stuff that is kind of warped, really and truly. And so I would achieve success here and there, but it seems like when it comes to money, I, I, I couldn't aim too high, you know what I mean? Right. Because you feel like having too much was a bad thing. And, and you know, and if you make too much, people are going to look at you this way, or now you're leaving your friends and those type of um, things. So what helped me to combat that was, again, going back to my why, because uh, when I got out of the military, we worked seven years with a humanitarian agency, and of course, it's a nonprofit. And that's how I got to do all this kind of work in Africa and different places and so forth. But the thing is, I never had to worry about the money because the agency was the funding. You know right. what I mean? They received the funding, the donation. So there was no obstacle in us doing this work. Yeah. When I, when I transitioned, however, in 2012 and came to Texas now, that is already in my heart. I love doing that. I've had seven plus years of, of doing this kind of work. I can't stop now, but then I have a problem. I'm no longer connected with this agency. So now it dawned on me the reality of having money. And I'm like, wow. So to help the poor, to help the neglected, the downtrodden, it does take resources. Right. It is free to the recipient, but it, somebody has to pay the bills. And yeah. I'm like, you can't even get on the plane to Delta and they say, oh, you're doing a good work, so we're going to let you go free. No, yeah. you got to pay for that plane ticket. You got to pay for the food that you're eating on the ground. It's, everything is a cost. And so now, that now helped me to face reality. So I had to make a choice. Are you going to continue serving those who are neglected or are you going to hang, up, hang on to these beliefs that are, will prevent you from acquiring resources to be able to do this work. Uh -huh. So because the why was bigger than me, because I know I, the, the feeling and the jubilant, that the jubilee that I see in people's face and their reaction after they receive our services and, and the help that we give them, I said, there's no way. I have to now challenge my core sets of belief. And so I went through a process of being able to decode and kind of disconnect from some of those limiting beliefs. So you would say, uh, let me get it. Let me just rephrase it. If you, some of those things were very destructive thinking patterns, just things that you believed in your mind that you kind of like had to reevaluate and say, Hey, something's not right here. Something doesn't match up. And basically you had to adjust your thinking. Am I, am I right? Of course, you're 100% right. And I think we all need to do that, really, Jeff, if you think about it, because, you know, I, I tell people just yesterday we were on, on another podcast and, um, you know, someone was talking about health. And we, you know, the question again is, 
we know all of these things to be true and they're helpful, but why aren't we? And no one goes, like you were saying here with your mindset, no one goes into their mind to figure out, okay, if I'm an educated person, because that audience is a very highly educated audience, if we're educated and we know this thing to be right, okay, proven scientifically, it's being done by millions and, you know, hundreds of millions of people, why am I therefore not implementing? Something is wrong and it's my mindset. And we have to go back there and say, hey, is either this thought that I have is right or if, or is wrong? And if I'm educated, I'm going to make a change. Right. Now, how would you, uh, going on to that, how do you help people, uh, if you've got some strategies, how do you help people who are caught up in wrong thinking and wrong beliefs to change that over and then to begin to implement that in their life? Well, two things. One, I would, first of all, we need to be asking questions and we need to get alone. Part of the reason why we continually perpetuate certain beliefs, stereotypes, etc., is because we are always within the crowd where this belief system is, is continually being perpetuated. So many a times we have to get back to maybe, you know, spending a little bit, maybe a weekend, a day or two or whatever, a few hours, and just begin to question and look at some of these things. Is this right? Where did I get this from? You know what I mean? Especially if you have some new knowledge or you've heard many people go to seminars and these things, and sometimes they, re they resist the change because what they just heard is paradigm or it is counter to what they've always known. Mm -hmm. So first thing is, I would say, get alone and ask yourself, honestly speaking, what I believe about X, Y, and Z, is it indeed so? Or is it serving me? Or have I even outgrown? It might not even be a bad thing per se, but maybe at this season in your life, you have now outgrown that type of thinking. The other strategy, which I love, which is very simple, I call it IPO. Input plus process equals output or IPR. Input plus process equals results. So many people focus on the results, right? John Maxwell, I, I think, is who I heard uh, say this first. Reaping is automatic. You're mm -hmm. going to reap, right? You're, you're going to reap. That's right. the principle. The quality of the reaping, though, is determined by the way you're sowing. So if you want a different outcome, a different result in your behavior, in your attitude, in your finances, whatever have you, you got to change, one, the input that is going inside, two, the process, because you might be, like people say, work hard. Work hard is not necessarily the best solution. Right. Because you might have a faulty process or you might be putting in the wrong thing. It's like saying, if you're putting in, um, you know, screws on this side and you, you know, and, and you have a process, it could be a great process. But the outcome might be a whole different things if you're expecting plastic or something on the other side. Right. So we have to say, okay, is either my input is faulty or my process. If it's the process, fix the process. Get a better process of doing something. Exercising, for example, losing weight. There are many different processes for losing weight, okay? So you pick one that has proven to give results and change your own. However, what I've discovered, though, more often than not, if I have to pick one thing to change that will give the better results is the input. Because generally speaking, sometimes we can have a great process, like many people have mentors, coaches, books that people have written. They have great processes. But the problem is we still have 40 inputs again, and that leads to what? 40 thinking. 
Right. The way we think, the way, all that stuff is going in, the negativity. Some, you know, I've done health lectures before, and, you know, we have a, a lot of people there with weight. But we say it, it doesn't matter how much you information you get today or what strategies you use. If you don't feel that you are beautiful, if you don't appreciate yourself, you know, you still are not going to get the type of results that you're expecting because of the way you're thinking. So begin to transform your mind. Listen to, here we go, listen to Mindful Life podcast, right. you know. Find people who are who speaking and who are knowledgeable and who are experts in what you're trying to accomplish and listen to them. Listen to their information, what needs to go in, and then mimic, copy, if you will, their processes, and you should be able to get the same results. Awesome. You talk about people that believe, uh, I would even say that they believe lies that they've been told, in other words, they're in an environment or they're in a, a group of people that just kind of reinforce these negative thoughts or these lies about them that, like you said, you're not beautiful or you're not worth anything, and they just begin to believe it and to, and to be able to kind of be intentional about changing those thoughts. Yes. And uh, one of the things that I think we have difficulty with in our culture is uh, it's important how we define the word success, right? Because because oh, yes. how we define that and what we believe about that leads us down certain paths and through certain processes that may be beneficial or may be counterproductive to where we really want to go. So tell us, what do you, uh, how do you define success? What's your definition? How do you view success in life? Wow, that's a very great question and super loaded. In a nutshell, I would say success is achieving the goal that you set, that you believe is good for you. And you enjoy it when you achieve it. <laughs> because that's how you can know if it was truly yours. Because many times we achieve a goal and then we say, oh, we're supposed to feel successful. But then it's like, you know, it's either we skip it, we don't celebrate it, we move on to the next thing right. and so forth because we are living somebody else's success. So, for example, as good as it, as it is, like I said, I've served this country, I appreciate everything, but I use this analogy when it comes to this kind of a question. When we talk about living the American dream, does that have to mean that that is my dream? Right. Who made up the American dream? And so that's why a lot of people now it's not that it's a bad dream now, don't get me wrong. But so many people, again, don't feel successful until they have achieved, quote unquote, the American dream. So you don't own a house. Oh, I'm not living the American dream. And so therefore, you don't ever feel like you're successful right. nor accomplished. Right. Until I get the picket fence house, until I marry this kind of a lady, until this or until that. And so we always putting off our happiness, our joy and our successes because we are leaning them against the wrong ladder. And that's why, again, Jeff, I think every one of us, we need to get aside solo and really get silent if we must and ask ourselves these hard questions. For whom am I laboring? Why am I doing this stuff? Why do I feel like unless I get a degree, for example, if that's the thing, you know, I'm not successful or unless this happens, or unless that happens. No, you define your own success in the sense of what is important to you? Make sure it is something that is meaningful, that is significant. And if you set a goal and you achieve that goal, you are successful, no matter what other people say about it. Let me give you one quick example on this, um, Jeff. Okay. 
recently, okay, I, I help part of the thing I do, of course, I coach other people on how to use their skills and talents and monetize it. So there's this one young lady that I just finished working with, and uh, she she published a book. Never published a book before. Didn't believe that she could publish a book. I said, "Well, you've never used my system." There we go, system. Yeah. I said, "Within 100 days, I can make you. I can make you a published author." Okay. Just follow the steps. So I would meet with her every Thursday. Every Thursday. So 88 days. She could have done it faster. 88 days, nonetheless, she finished the book. We wow. Published it. It's on Amazon right now. Now here's the thing, though. <laughs> she was on a podcast somewhere and she heard somebody talking about you know where you have to have this amount of knowledge about something or whatever and then she come complaining to me now like you know oh she don't she feels like she need more or she don't and i'm like hold on hold on why should somebody take away from you are successful you're a published author of course you have expertise you just wrote a book how many people wrote a book i don't right. even know if that person doing that thing if they have a book but you have a book. The fact that you wrote a book, you spent weeks pouring into that stuff. You got that information out of your head. Now you can hold up. We have a print book. I have it here. You have a print book that you can show, celebrate that thing. At, you know, you achieve something great. But you see, that's what we're saying is that you, her success is evident. She's supposed to feel successful now, but because somebody else introduced maybe a new definition of success, right. now she took away her own success. Yeah. So it really, yeah. you talk about having a belief and having a, a faith and having a good why. And then when you achieve that result, you need to celebrate that and not let anybody take away from what what you've done or anything like that. That's really awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what gets celebrated, this gets remembered. You know, I myself had to work on that because I, I'm, I, you know, I, I say I'm a recovery workaholic. <laughs> You know, because, you know, here's here's what happened with me. I mean, the, the, the only graduation I really had attended was my high school graduation. Uh -huh. Once I got in the military, you know, you do distance learning and you, you, you do education, whatever base you at. So I complete associate degree, a bachelor's degree, master's degree, and then I have a, a doctor degree. And I did not go to any of the graduation. You didn't go. And then I didn't go. But then, no, in uh, was it last year? 2016 yeah last year so i have my son now and i'm like what i want my son to what kind of i mean where's the picture of that is graduation right right so forth, right yeah so i called up this school from 2009 that i was supposed to march in this graduation and i said listen i marched you know i graduated from your school and so forth and you know it's been it, it's since 2009 <laughs> but I, I really need to come and march at this year's graduation because if I don't, I, I, I think I've also set a bad pres, pres, precedent for my son and not right. only that, but I needed to also go back and do this thing that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like celebrate your wins. Right. Because to me, that was a gap, man. I put I put effort and time into those slaving degrees, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, and I'd never acknowledged that I complete. I just moved on to the next one and to the next one, <laughs> you know. And so I went back, Jeff, and I had a great time. I invited my 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 folks, and you know, we went to a nice hotel. I mean, like I I relived the moment, like if I were young again yep, yep. at that age. And I'm like, hey, I got to go and celebrate what I've accomplished. So I encourage anybody, even if you have past victories, 
that might be a way to go back and even celebrate them so you can relish that feeling that you were successful. Right. To remember the, the, the wins. I like what you said that if you recount and celebrate the wins, right, that get those things start to, you know, plant themselves in your mind and you can always go back and hold on to those things, yes. uh, especially when you've had great, great successes like that. So that's awesome. Yes. Okay. We're going to take a break for a quick second to tell you about our podcast sponsor. Our podcast sponsor is bluehost.com. Bluehost is a web hosting service that provides everything you need to get your blog, podcast, or website up and running. And they are phenomenal. The user interface is incredibly easy. Additionally, they have a great technical support team. So if you're looking to start a blog, website, or podcast, check out bluehost.com, and you can find a link right on our website. And I want to encourage you to stick around after our interview where I will be sharing my top takeaways from our interview today. And now let's get back to the podcast. Tell us about your new book. Uh, you've got the, the book there, Monetize Your Skills, and how you help people leverage their education, their expertise, their experience, how how people can find ways to make some money off that or monetize that. Uh, give us a little bit there. All right. Well, uh, I really believe we are in a wonderful season right now. We're in a season of transition and paradigm shift. Um, you know, just uh, recently, Warren Buffett dumped $900 million worth of Walmart stocks, right? Yeah. Uh, because one of his predictions is Walmart is falling to the giant Amazon. Amazon is doing everything now, right? And it, it is also predicted, I saw a Business Insider article, that this year alone, 2017, 3,500 retail stores are closing. Not because all of them are going into bankrupt, bankruptcy, although many of them are, but more of them are actually going to the online model. So I believe with the advent of this internet and the uh, perpetuation of technology and apps and so forth, it has presented an amazing opportunity for anyone who have any skills, any knowledge, and I put it in this way, monetize your skills, your education, your expertise, your experience, you can leverage it, meaning there are some people who don't have to leave their job. There's some people who might love what they're doing. There's some people who, you know, hey, not everybody might want to be an entrepreneur, but I think everybody should be entrepreneurial, right? right? So that's what this book is all about. I went out and I interviewed, I've been studying over 110 people, average people, not big name folks, but average regular people who are making six and seven figures who are leveraging their knowledge and expertise by using automation, the internet or hybrid version. And they are living an awesome life. For example, one lady is a professor. I mean, she's now making $2 million a year. You know, and it's amazing because she now is able to touch way more people around the world than she ever could confined to a classroom. Okay. The reason I got on John Lee Dumas's podcast was because I had interviewed actually for that book his CPA, which is Josh Burrell. Mm -hmm. And Josh Burrell was doing the same thing. He carved out himself a unique niche within, you know, being a CPA and he serviced a lot of online entrepreneurs and millionaires. And so the book is really helping people to see those. I presented several case studies. And then I develop within the book a seven-step strategy that can take people from, you know, being nowhere 
to creating a book, a course, coursing, uh, consulting, coaching program, whatever have you, to be able to do exactly as many of these people are. So that is what I'm truly excited about because it's changing many people's lives. But not only that, again, it's always the why, right? Right. So because I found this to be the case, remember, when I came to Texas, I needed a solution to help with my need to serve the at risk, the neglected and the poor, mm-hmm. but I needed resources. So that's what I had to do. Now I have to what, monetize my own skills, my knowledge, my expertise that I'm not using in my main line of work. Now I can leverage that. So I also publish books. I do coaching. I do speaking and stuff like that. And that helps me to get you know, a decent amount of money so that I can be able to continue my humanitarian endeavors. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, and we will link to your book and your website in the show notes. Uh, so all, for any listener that interested in getting that or looking at that, uh, that will be in the show notes as well. Uh, tell us, uh, if you would, uh, what are you reading right now? What what book is, you know, kind of got your attention if there's one? Uh, well, I've got several. If you could have, if folks could see my, my wall here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was counseling, I was doing marriage counseling last night with a couple, and uh, they were talking about, we're talking about money, what people spend their money on. And I said, well, you know, every both couples should have a, a portion of money that you can spend however you want to, you know? Right. So I tell them, I said, when I get my portion of money, all I spend it on is either books or I put it back into some kind of online stuff. Right. You know? So I said, my wife is the one who tries to buy me clothes and so forth. But I said, I don't even need no new clothes. <laughs> I tell you, if you're going to buy me clothes, buy me a book. Right. So um, right now I have um, by Russell Bronson, Expert Secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a good one that I recommend on there, especially if you want to monetize your skills. Mm-hmm. So in this one, we'll teach you how to monetize your expertise, how to develop your expertise, how to know what it is, how to know who you call to and how to develop a tribe and a following. Um, another one I just ordered that came yesterday was um, by John Hope Bryant. Uh, this is called uh, How the Poor Can Save Capitalism, and he has a new book called uh, The Memo. So these books, again, are because again, I want to serve also the underserved, but not just giving them handouts. So I, I was interested by his his title, How the Poor Can Save Capitalism. So how can we empower the poor to also be entrepreneurial right. so that they can help themselves in many ways as well. So those are the two main ones that I'm reading, but I have like six new ones that I haven't touched. Yet, haven't so. touched yet. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you do. You just like to buy a new one. You get it in there and there's a shelf full of stuff. And you're like, ah, how am I going to read it all, right? <laughs> right. And sometimes it makes me feel smart. I ain't going to lie. When I just have these books up there, I just feel smart, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like by osmosis, right? You think if I just yeah. step in the room, all this information is going to come into my brain. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Hey, uh, tell us uh, where we can find out more about you, like if some of our listeners are interested in uh, getting involved with your program and uh, how, how they can get a hold of it. All right. Well, if you if you want me to help you out, if you want to check out the book Monetize Your Skills, go to monetizeyourskills.com. My main blog is uh, Strategic Secrets, strategicsecrets.com. You can go to services there to see what services I have to offer. Uh, for the humanitarian agency that I was working with, you can check them out. It's a wonderful nonprofit to support. Uh, they're doing a lot of um, work right here in the United States as well as overseas. Right now, they have built a wellness center in southern Alabama in a place called Sawyerville, which is one of which is ranked very high in this nation as being one of the places that have the highest 
uh, risk of lifestyle um, diseases. Oh, wow. And so um, young people, I mean, college students are the one who went out, I mean, canvassing. We're talking about going door to door on the streets of New York, raising monies to be able to build this institution. So if you want to go and be a part of any cause, they have several causes. I would help, definitely recommend that one. Um, because we believe in helping people to get well so that they can be able to make a difference. So it is napsoc.org, naps, N-A-P-S-O-C.org, napsoc.org. Napsoc.org, okay. Well, you've been hanging out here today with Chance, and he has brought us some incredible information. Everyone, I want to thank him for being with us. Thank you, Chance, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, appreciate you. And everybody, make sure you continue to listen. Mindful Life, you will find nuggets here to make your life a success. Excellent. Thank you. All right. What a great interview with Chance. And now I want to give you my top takeaways from our talk. First of all, Chance's strategy to helping people overcome negative thinking. Step one, get alone. Get in a place where you can find some solitude and silence to filter out the noise and self-reflect. Think about your values, your beliefs, and what's really important. So get alone. And then number two, IPO, input plus process equals output or input plus process equals results. The results that we get in our lives are a result of what we put in, what we think, what we believe, the why he calls it, and then the process of implementation. And so it's important to have both the why and then a good process to get through. And then the other thing that I thought Chance said, which was really, really good, was the importance of celebrating your victories, the importance of recounting the wins. He said, what gets celebrated gets remembered. It's important to write those success stories down, write those victories down and recount them and remember them because they help to contribute to a positive mental attitude. Well, this has been the Mind for Life podcast. The show notes for this episode is available on our website, mindforlife.org. You can just check out this episode of the podcast there with all of the links for chances, books, and recommendations, plus timestamps for where you can access parts of this podcast right in the show notes there. Please give us a visit when you're online. We do have some resources on the website, blog posts and articles that I've written. Uh, So check those out as well. There are also transcripts and links to all of our other podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Bogazic. That's at J-E-F-F-B-O-G-A-C-Z-Y-K. Also, I'm on Instagram there, and you can follow me and tweet or Instagram or whatever you like to do. You can also join our Facebook page. Just look up Mind for Life on Facebook, and you should find us. Help us out. Recommend our podcast and blog to your friends. Please hit that subscribe button and subscribe to Mind for Life podcast. And if you would, please rate and review 
this podcast. Uh, you can also sign up to our email list on the website for critical updates and news. And once again, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs>